Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. All right, how are you? <laughs> to be honest with you, I think we're probably about the same level of like furious, um, tired, and just generally a bit pissed off currently yeah don't yeah. I, I'm hangry I'm hangry as well because Deliveroo has been down <laughs> all flipping afternoon, and I've come home from holiday and there's no food in the house how furious are you, are you James right now well I am I'm pretty cross I am cross with him and he hasn't walked in the door yet so you might even get that live on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I was wistable though did you have an amazing time uh, do you know what it was actually so nice it was really really nice I think that's why I'm double annoyed because I had such a lovely time everything was so easy like had the drive home was fine you know it all just goes right yeah. and then you walk in the door and you're like and he hadn't left any milk for Gigi which was just no milk no milk for Gigi no food in no food in the fridge all Axel's balloons from his party was still up his his birthday cake was still on the side I was just like what are you what are you thinking yeah but you know what he's been doing look after yourself yeah he's just been scratching his balls yeah exactly and farting on his own and smelling his own farts and thinking how great they smell yeah that's what they do that's what they do flipping annoying anyway how are you? yeah I'm fine I'm like celebrating because Kit did his first wee on the potty yesterday oh, oh my god it's amazing isn't it that is amazing how incredible Zoom. I'm like over the moon about it I just feel like he's gonna get it now um yeah he will it, he totally will he's been saying for ages you know I need the poo I need the poo and then apparently tonight I wasn't there because obviously I was at work but um he just said to said to Dawes like daddy I need my potty and that was it he just sat and did a wee on it so I'm celebrating I'm taking that that's a that's a big moment in the house that is do you know what that is a turning point and then you have no children in nappies oh. I feel like that is a, that is a proper moment isn't, isn't it, it? Like you have no kids in nappies anymore yeah that is a moment um and then really off is. the back of like a disastrous night with Luna again and oh, it, yeah. oh my god mate I, I it's really interesting because people have obviously there's been hundreds of messages since I wrote about Luna kind of waking up in the night you know three or four times I had to take her into the spare room again and like people go oh you know it'll be better tomorrow it's just not it's every single day it's been happening for four years so I'm I feel I, I think there was like a moment of like pure madness because of the sleep deprivation in the night and I was thinking 
I'm just not sure whether I can do this anymore. You know, it really goes, like, of course you can, because then the light comes. It does get to you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's one of my things, actually. I'm, you know, as I say all the time, I am quite calm. But that is one thing that, like, just tips me over the edge, is sleep deprivation. I cannot cope. Yeah, and and it's crazy how many people are going through it. So it makes me think that, actually, this is, for certain children, this is just a bit of a phase. But actually, fundamentally, I think think that I need to be more we've spoken about this but I think I need to be more structured I need to be more like definite on my discipline with her because she's waking up in the night like I want a cuddle it's like it's two o'clock in the morning mate we're not cuddling now we're <laughs> so I think I'm, do, I'm yeah. doing something that's making her you know feel that that's okay and I need, I need to probably get a plan in my head about that Oh, you mentioned that she'd been a bit unsettled since she moved. Yeah. Do you, has it all, do you think has stemmed from that? A million percent. Do you know what? I reckon a lot of children are going through these sort of phases at the moment, being a bit unsettled, especially as we approach like September. A lot of kids haven't been back to nursery or back, been back to school since March. Mm. Low, you know, the world has been weird. We've all felt unsettled. Yeah. So, you know, our kids are going to feel it too, aren't they? Yeah, and I definitely feel like I probably need to look inside myself as well to kind of start stop being so emotional about it that actually it's okay to say no to your child and it's also okay for them to cry and be really cross with you because you have to set the boundaries if I don't set the right boundaries you know it's going to backfire actually because I don't want to be the bitch but I also don't want her to walk all over me and I think at the moment the way she speaks to me and like the language that she uses and stuff I don't even know it's happening before I know it I've been like metaphorically slapped in the face like 10 times before (laughs) 8 a.m you know what I mean no I know I know I have I have exactly the same with Axel like sometimes James pulls me up on it and he's like are you gonna let him speak to you like that yeah and I sometimes haven't even I haven't even noticed he's speaking to me badly like do you know what I mean I just you just do what you do just to get through and you just I mean I hate confrontation and stuff anyway so I'm not about to have a confrontation (laughs) with a four-year-old do you know what I mean? Oh God! I really, I really just can't be asked. Yeah, that's what it I is. know. At the moment, I feel like I can't be asked. I can't be asked, and I want to drink a lot of wine. That's basically what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Absolutely. Um, we're going to talk about um, not 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 behavioural issues again. We're going to talk about weaning on the podcast today because we're coming from two very very different angles. But it's a subject that has been explored extensively by both Georgia and I. Georgia definitely yeah. nailed it. I think it's safe to say, right? We can say that. Well, I think, it, have I nailed it? I don't know. I think that's, it's hard, it's difficult to say. I've had a good time with, when it comes to weaning with both of my kids. I have noticed Axel get a bit fussier when he's got older. And I was thinking, actually, now we're back from our holiday, I need to get back on being a bit stricter again. Yeah. You know, like when he says, oh, I don't want that recently I've been like oh okay you know what do you want have this have this instead what do you want I'll give you whatever you want you know have anything but what I used to do was be like okay cool no worries there's nothing else and then you know that that helped that we'd have a few nights of the fussiness and then you know that would break down and he'd know he wasn't getting anything else and then he would just go back to trying everything but I mean essentially weaning 
it's a it's a difficult one isn't it because there's so much contrasted information out there your baby gets to five months six months whenever you decide um it's best to to start and there's yeah there's like people who say you should only do vegetables to begin with and you know you shouldn't introduce fruit because it will give them a sweet tooth and that you should do purees or some say you should do very confusing isn't it there's a lot of information out there and a lot of it seems to be the right thing to do but I guess Mm. you need to find like we always say with these subjects you need to find what works for you and your family I think both Georgia and I did a combination of baby led and um you know spoon-fed feeding so even though we yeah. were kind of making the purees slash buying the pouches um we yeah, were also, pouches. <laughs> always we were also leaving you know bits of broccoli bits of very oversteamed carrots and all the rest of it in front of them at the same time so they could have a bit of sensory play and touch and feel and all that kind of stuff so we did it that way but I guess whatever works you know for your fuck up. yeah I just think well when I break it down what I think of is what the end result is and the end result is to get your child to eat food so however you get to that end result it doesn't really matter mm. like it, it just, that's what the end goal is isn't it that you know you want to get them eating food like like a normal person yeah exactly like a normal person would be good. <laughs> yeah and, and that's and that's the end I think with Axel and you'll probably remember this though like I was reading Annabelle Carmel and all of those sort of classic weaning books following them um you know introducing things at this time and that time but when Gigi came along I said this before I, I didn't really think about it like I just she started showing an interest in food I think her first food might have been avocado because yeah. I was sitting eating avocado for breakfast and I just thought oh here we go then I just passed it yeah, over yeah um and yeah I think you just have to find the your flow and what you feel comfortable with yeah it was interesting because we had Joe Wicks on the podcast obviously didn't we a few months ago and he yeah. launched um Wean in 15 and he was talking about you know weaning indie um he hasn't started with Marley yet but like it was it was fascinating to watch that journey as well because Joe very much believes that you start with the hard greens and you work out that way yeah so that was really fascinating yeah. to watch as well um and also you know not giving them the choice to be like well what do you want for dinner because if I ask my kids that one of them would say chicken nuggets and the other one would say fish fingers um and you know I try very much to be like like you said you know if there's a meal that's put down in front of them they have to eat it right and if we can all eat together that encourages them to eat as well I've got Isla who is an incredible eater absolutely loves it real range of food she'll eat anything and everything Luna who's become much more adventurous recently and is smashing it out the park and Kit who will literally eat meat mackerel and (laughs) porridge no fruit no veg unless they hide it in everything so they all come with their different irks and quirks don't they yeah and I think as well like I remember when we did a a podcast on weaning before and I said that Axel hated sweet potato and didn't eat eggs and it really upset me but I think we also have to remember yeah and he still doesn't like either of them and um, we have to remember that I don't like everything there's not I don't eat absolutely everything and there are you know some kids that won't like certain things and you can't force them Mm -hmm. but what we want to do is get them to eat a balanced like a balanced diet um and that is yeah that's the goal isn't it you want them to be healthy you want them to enjoy food you want them to have a good relationship with yeah definitely and there's definitely like tips and tricks that we've kind of learned along the way that actually if you get your child more involved with the whole kind of cooking process obviously when they're a little bit older and when you're going around the supermarket as well just little things like you know can you tell me 
what's a broccoli you know what's a piece of broccoli and then they can yeah. point at the broccoli or who can see a pepper first and then they're looking out for the peppers or you know if you're in like a we've got a farm amazing farm shop near to where we live and they're kind of you know Luna goes in maybe not now because obviously COVID but before she was sort of picking up the fruit and we were talking about what fruit it was and where it comes from and all that kind of stuff I did not do that for the first couple of years and I remember how yeah. anxious weaning made me because I was like I, I had such an unhealthy relationship with food growing not growing up but in my 20s that I was like I cannot let this affect the kids and I, I feel like fingers crossed I haven't done that you know so, yeah, yeah you felt a lot of I pressure did. didn't I you did. to get, yeah anymore. to get that yeah. right um and I think that is one of the things is is to not put too much pressure on it um if you have got an older child and you've got you know a six-month-old baby it's nice if they even if they're not being weaned yet that they sit down at the table with yeah. that older child and maybe you and get involved in meal times so then they sort of associate meal times with a nice relaxed um easy you know easy time um and then they can pick you know sort of watch you and pick pick it up as as they see yeah yeah, yeah. and also, yeah, I absolutely think... don't listen to anybody else. you know there's all you're always going to have that one friend who doesn't mean to say it but who's like oh yeah last night we sat down and we had like seafood linguine and everybody ate it and you're like oh my child will only eat pepper yogurts and you're like you're dying because you're like this is never going to end and it absolutely will so just ignore all of that and just concentrate on your own stuff it's fine I'll say that yeah exactly yeah you don't want to put too much pressure yeah. on yourself like my kids my kids will eat seafood linguine and that that's great oh, shut up, but I think that has that has stemmed though from me like that sort of going on that with them you know like sitting down at the table then watching me eating it me being like do you want some yeah then like going, yeah you know yeah I'll people. have some or just giving it to them yeah that's the thing as well like I've created fussiness in Axel as in like I don't eat sandwiches at all neither does James Axel had never eaten a sandwich till about well till lockdown till the beginning of lockdown <laughs> and and he'd always be like, no, 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 I don't want them. And I've obviously, he's only ever got that from me. He's, yeah. he's got that from yeah. me he's never seen me do it. That's the, that's the thing. You can't expect them to eat something that you won't eat. Like they, a sandwich, they, Danny. They, they, they've learned behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> I still won't eat a sandwich. I still won't eat a sandwich. Um, right, listen, let's get um, into the Q&A because you guys have got in loads of questions for us. So we're going to power through them and see if we can get as many done as we can in the next 20 minutes. Let's kick off. Um, with the grey house portion sizes how do you know what is enough Georgia um I actually read that you can't really overfeed a baby um I think obviously depending on what age they are when they you know they're six months I think it's like a couple of teaspoons is essentially a meal for them so I would always offer until they don't want any more yeah um, and usually that is quite quick, <laughs> you know, they'll have a couple of mouthfuls or, you know, maybe a bit more than that. And then that will be it. Yeah. As they get older, I think you get to know your child. Like some kids eat loads and some don't eat that much. Yeah. Um, but I think it's quite important to just not make a big deal out of portion sizes. If they're eating, you know, a, a balance of what's on the plate and they're eating, you know, a decent yeah. amount to you, then that's probably going to be okay. Uh, I completely agree with you. I remember being like fixated on the fact that Luna would have to finish her plate just because I decided that that was the right amount. And like, this is an awful thing to say and I cannot believe I did it, but I used to like tickle her under the armpit so she'd laugh. And then I used to put a spoon of food in her mouth 
And it's like that. So what a horrendously pressured environment to eat. But I was so obsessed with making sure that she had the calories that I was like, oh, no, she has to have this. I mean, imagine somebody tickling you, laughing and shoving food. <laughs> in I mean, I pr- I'm so I, that's sorry. Like I've done that. But anyway, I think George is absolutely right. It, the child will tell you. Yeah, they do know. And, some, you know, sometimes you're not hungry. It's hot. You're not no. hungry. You know, you're pissed off. You're not hungry. There's there's loads of, you know, things that can, can uh, cause their appetite to be bigger or smaller. We'll be right back after the short break. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? So this is Mrs. Verma. How do you know when to reduce milk feeds and by how much? Seven month old on three meals. Um... Okay, do you want to start? Because I can't see that question. Where I th- we- okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I started reducing Gigi's milk when she was going off of, you know, when she wasn't eating as much. So if she wasn't eating her breakfast, I would reduce reduce her bottle before it a bit so that she'd be more interested in her breakfast I think so kids are so different like I've got a friend whose little boy is almost two and he eats three meals a day and snacks and he still maybe has four or five bottles a day and he's taking it all in and he's got loads of energy and you know he's absolutely fine Mm. um I think essentially we want to get them off of bottles don't we so it's just about doing it gradually and upping their food intake and lowering their milk intake gradually yeah absolutely I agree. I mean, you're you're much more versed to talk about that because I feel like it was a million million moons ago when I was doing <laughs> that with Kit. But Kit just told me like he he just basically started becoming less and less interested in his milk. So you know yeah. the, the, the morning bottle at like five thirty or six o'clock in the morning before breakfast just went, and then he just started eating more of his breakfast. And I think what they say is is that if the milk is stopping them from eating the meals, it's the food exactly. that you want to get them to get the calories from, not the milk. So. You know, yeah. just watch for those signs. Um, now, weaning, I can answer this one, weaning a baby with bad silent reflux, worried he's not getting enough variety. Any tips? Oh, Kiara, I literally, this was me a couple of years ago. Um, 
And it's really, really difficult. I think the first thing to say is if he's got really bad reflux, um, that is obviously a buildup of acid in the stomach. So for, for, and Kit still won't eat any fruit now because it was too acidic on him at the time. So I used to try him with these purees and he was like wincing at them and he found the, he found yeah. the flavors. And actually, I think it was hurting him because, you know, some fruit can be quite acidic. Um, so loads of alkaline is a really, really good idea. And they can get it in like various different forms. So like you could blend up a smoothie, which is what I used to do with like, um, like cucumber and spinach and, you know, X, Y and Z in it and just make it really nice and kind of creamy and delicious and then spoon, spoon feed in that. But but just make sure it's really alkaline. Um, I think things like, you know, if you're giving your baby meat and stuff like Kit absolutely loved salmon, mackerel, like the str- weirdly, the strong flavors that were very, very alkaline. Um, yeah. So it kind of makes sense. And he's still the same now. Yeah, I mean, Axel had a bit of reflux, not, you know, not as bad as Kit, but I always found that if I gave him like purees or ready meals before bed, he would be really uncomfortable at night. So if you're introducing anything, don't do it before bed, do it in the morning. Um, And then you can see how, you know, how they react to it. Yeah. Um, Do you give dessert? If so, how do you stop them refusing main meal for dessert like yogurt? (laughs) (laughs) We all want to skip to dessert, don't we? Um, Um, Do you give dessert? No, I I don't either. No, I don't. No, I mean, I know my kids don't eat yogurt, actually. And I did used to give Axel a yogurt after his lunch and stuff when he was little. And now he doesn't like it. And I know at nursery they have dessert. Like when Axel was at nursery, he definitely used to have dessert. I didn't grow up in a family where you had dessert after your meal, did you? No, not at all, no. No, no. I mean, I (laughs) I think you just have to encourage them to eat their main meals, really, don't you? Maybe stop giving dessert for a little while until they realise that they're not they're not going to get their dessert unless they've at least tried their main meal. Absolutely. Do you know what we used to give, again, like I'm sort of ashamed to say this, but they used to have kind of like two or three of those little putty falou or those pepper yogurts after each meal, two or three of them. And then I was like, oh my God, the sugar content in these, firstly. Secondly, it was like they were sort of skipping through their their main meals to get to, like like Alex is saying here. But just recently, since lockdown, I've just not had it in the house. So they just do not have it. And I'll always offer the kids fruit afterwards. Like they'll always have the option to have some mango or pineapple or grapes or apple or whatever it is but in terms of anything else unless it's the weekend where they can have a lolly that's it like a nice lolly yeah actually we've had a lot of ice cream during lockdown. oh but luna doesn't like ice cream does she because she says it's too cold and asks me to put it in the microwave <laughs> wait you can't have that as your quirk imagine when like your, your partner's like oh should i take you for some gelato and you're like oh, i don't like it actually have you got a microwave nearby could you heat it up <laughs> I'm like, that is so funny. Oh, God. Um, um, right. Two under two and no time to make purees like I did for the eldest. Feeling guilty, relying on pouches for second. Oh, my God. Do not feel guilty, Nikki. No, definitely not. You are an absolute hero. You've got two children under two years old. You are winning at life already. Don't worry about making the homemade purees, okay? If, you, if you've got the time to do it and that's what you want to do and you want to do the batch cooking and brilliant absolutely brilliant I was never I never had the time to do it either if I'm honest with you so firstly take away all of the guilt there are some incredible pouches out there that give your your baby all the right ingredients anyway things have come along so much so if that's where you're at go for it 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I didn't make a single puree for Gigi, not one single puree. And I actually moved her, she did a lot more baby led weaning because it was easier because I was already giving Axel that food. Mm. So I just tried to, you know, kill kill two bears with one stone and try and give them the same. Um, Definitely try and make life easy for yourself. Yeah, but get rid of your guilt, Nikki. Um, (laughs) No No guilt. Any good books for finger food ideas and simple things to make? Um, yeah, well, I like Joe Wicks's Weaning 15. I think, it's yeah, I think it's brilliant. It is good. And also Annabelle Carmel has, um, a finger food, um, book. She has a lot of, you know, she, she's got a traditional book, which has a lot of purees, yeah. but she has got a separate baby led weaning book, which is really good. But also Pinterest yes, is amazing. I was going to say that. For, um, like finger food ideas. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, and you just look in your fridge as well, like just to see what you've got. And it's basically overcook anything, like overcook pasta, overcook um, vegetables, soften fr- soft fruits, just anything really. Yeah, um, things like, I mean, people are kind of, I don't know what age you should start introducing kind of oily fish, but Kit was just a massive, he just loved salmon and mackerel. I think he, I think you have to get to a certain stage with your weaning to be able to give him that. But like stuff like that, which, you know, you're not, you don't have to worry about a choking hazard because they're kind of soft and a bit mushy. Hummus, I mean, all of that sort of yeah. stuff. They just love it. Yeah. And you know, they don't have a choice, they've got to eat it. um tips on what foods to avoid for baby oh no hold on on that one um do i start weaning at six months if baby can only sit up when supported propped up um if she means they can't you know the baby can't sit up unaided then yeah i think it's absolutely fine as long as they can hold their head up properly yes they need to be able to, they say that they need to be able to hold their head up properly, sit in a high chair and hold their head up properly. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, because I think when I first gave Axel some puree, I remember I was so excited to do it. I did it at Christmas and I think he might have only been four and a half months, maybe five months. Um, but I just had this thing in my head, <laughs> you know, like I really wanted, he was so ready and he couldn't quite sit up Um then and he and he was absolutely fine but you just got to be more careful and be more aware of like choking hazards yes and that is the big one there isn't it I mean they just I think what you've got to do really Hayley is have a look at the government guidelines because there's that that you know they'll be the people that will give you the exact correct information on what you should and shouldn't do because it's the choking hazard like Georgia said but you know six months it's about the right age oh this is leads us on to the next question what ages did you wean all your babies um so Kit I weaned at five months because of his reflux and he was a big big boy and was just hungry every time I you know gave him a bottle of milk he'd wallop it off and then he'd want more and more and I was just like I need to give him some food here I also really thought it would help out with his reflux and it did so I did that a little bit early and Luna was uh a week before her six month birthday Oh, yeah. yeah, I think I, I was pretty similar. Axel was a bit earlier. Again, he was a bit like Kit. Mm. Every time someone was sitting eating, he'd be like shouting, you know, couldn't take his eyes off the food. And that's why I think, yeah, he was about five months, maybe just before. I think I actually got really confused between months and weeks. Did you? 
you know when you know like when you're like they're 20 weeks how old does that mean they are you know all that I just think I got confused and that was pretty early but it was you know it was okay for him he had a bit of reflux and after that we had no problem with it at all Gigi was about five and a half months um maybe even just you know just coming up to six months just when it was honestly when I saw signs yes. that they looked like they needed it. Um, and I think if you're going to, if you want to wean drastically early, it's, it is definitely worth checking with your doctor first. Yes, agreed. Um, but yeah, it's so, so silly, doesn't it? But it's like mother's instincts. And I think it really is when it comes to weaning, you'll notice that they are looking more at food or, you know, there's sort of a lot more alert when food is around. Um, let's move on to Izzy's question. Um, it's another guilt question. Should I feel guilty if I'm not cooking from scratch every night? Georgia, together? No, no. absolutely <laughs> not, Izzy. No, oh my God, no way. Um, Georgia is the queen of kind of like food prep and like food cheating. So she's got all these amazing things in her freezer where she just like rustles stuff up. But I will be honest with you, and I, I, Izzy, I feel like I've been you because every time I kind of gave them something that I just shoved straight in the oven and pulled out 17 minutes later, I felt really, really guilty about it. But sometimes, slash the majority of the time, that is what needs to happen for busy mums and you know for parents that just can't be asked to cook that's fine yeah and you know what also there's so many good like ready meals and stuff now like there's those cook shops around um deliciously Ella has a range um Ella's Kitchen have a range I mean there's so many that you really really don't need to worry about it and also there's some really like really good benefits of not doing that because if you haven't spent hours cooking something and then they then don't want to eat it there's not so much pressure and I think if you know if you have spent hours and hours slaving away there is so much pressure on them to eat it and on you And I think if it's going to make life more relaxed, then do it. Yeah, (laughs) agree. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, How long did you manage to avoid sugar and salt from your little one's food? P.S. You guys are amazing. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) That is really nice. Um, It's so different, actually. With Axel, I was really strict. Well, I was really strict. James, on the other hand, was taking Axel for Oreo milkshake. I remember this. It was in Cheltenham. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. Don't you remember that? I think Luna had her first ever ice cream with you. And I was like, oh my God, she's eating her first ever ice cream. And, and you could see Axel sitting there, like choosing out his like salted, I mean, he wasn't because he was only about eight months old, but like being like, oh, you're salted caramel for me with a bit of honeycomb. Like he was like a pro at it. Yeah, he knew exactly yeah. what was going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was pretty young, definitely on the ice cream. Gigi, I mean, so young as well. So bad, but it's so much harder when yeah. you've got an older yeah. one. Um, I, I Listen, this is a very personal choice because I think certain yeah. families absolutely want to keep their child away um, from all of those things for as long as possible. And they'll be absolutely stringent and they... Like I have a very good friend who basically doesn't let her son eat any food from anywhere else apart from their kitchen. Um, and it's like, you know, even just things of like going to the pub and like she'll like take a, like a lunchbox with like pre-cooked food in it that's got no salt in it, no sugar, all of that sort of stuff. And that's absolutely fine for her because that's what she wants to do. Me, on the other hand, yeah. I just and Georgia the same. We just kind of look at what the ingredients are, try and cook as fresh as possible, trying to use, you know, as fresh as ingredients as possible and kind of do it that way. But also not not worry too much. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think salt is, is kind of different because um, salt's really bad for them until they're yes. one. But again, I was strict on that with Axel. Um, not so much when I went out because I just think sometimes you can't control things, can you? And you just have to think, right, well, this is one, you know, once every now and again when we're out eating. Um, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, with Gigi... I think she probably had, you know, I was using normal stock cubes and stuff like yeah, that um, from a lot earlier yeah. on just because, you know, it's just easier, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> God, it's so bad. It's me like, oh, it's just so much easier. Just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's do a couple more. Um, tips for getting eight-month-old to safely take finger foods, please. I'm terrified of her choking. Oh, yeah, I totally, we, we hear you on that one. It's definitely, especially yeah. if you're a first-time mum. I mean, actually, to be honest with you, I was the same with both of them. I was like watching them like a hawk. I think basically you've just got, like like we've said before, you've got to oversteam or overcook everything. So, you know, yeah. but then I see, you know, Gigi from a really early age, she was kind of like gnawing on bits of toast and things like that as well um I just think yeah if everything's kind of soft really really soft so that when you touch it it's almost like mush um you can put a bit of butter or whatever you want so that it doesn't actually taste like shitty mush um but you know it's got a bit of flavor to it but actually it's so soft that they can't possibly get stuck in their throat and as they get older you know eight months only you know quite little over the next sort of two or three months after that they should become become more confident with it and be able to chew but chew more yeah, I think just to add to that as well, if you're quite anxious of, of the choking, then lots of, you know, brands like Ella's Kitchen and, you know, all the others have um, like finger foods that are specific to ages. Mm-hmm. So you might feel a bit more comfortable going for something, you know, that says from six months or from seven months mm-hmm. or whatever, because they disintegrate in their mouth. Yes. Um, yeah, I, it's just that, you know, just try those sorts of things. Yeah, but like, oh, I always thought that carrot sticks were a really good idea. I used to just steam them and then just put some, you know, a nice bit of butter in there or whatever and then just let them kind of yeah. suck on those. As they yeah. grow in confidence, you'll grow in confidence. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, oh, hang on. God. What any suggestions for lunch ideas for a seven-month-old who is dairy and soya-free? Zoe. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, God. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's loads. Um, but generally, are they, I mean, lunch ideas, like just finger food stuff or you want to make something like Kit absolutely loves things like bolognese. Um, so, and I used to literally like make up a bolognese, blend everything together, blend up the pasta and like, you know, let him kind of, well, spoon feed him that. And then I'd have finger food down and that would generally be white fish. Um, so like sea bass or whatever, salmon, like I've said, mackerel, he absolutely loves, hummus he loves, um, like, and then just steam up all the vegetables. I just kept it really, really simple. Um, things like porridge fingers. I know you're saying lunch suggestions, but we basically just ate those at whatever time um they were a really good suggestion and little like pancakes and stuff that you can make with like outpro or oat milk or whatever you're using but yeah you have to you i would just google it there's some great suggestions but i i was a bit like i don't know if i actually got it right if i'm honest because you won't touch anything <laughs> apart from meat now <laughs> no it's quite tricky. i think <laughs> i think you just got to keep it simple haven't you yeah. like just 
like sort of how you would yes. yourself maybe just like some protein some carbs you know like potatoes yes. mashed potatoes um, sweet potatoes like is a good veggies, one sweet, yeah, yeah love there's it. so many things like mm. that um milk before food or other way around when do you flip it milk before food or other way around when do you flip it I always yeah that is I think it changes at six months when they still probably need a bit more milk I'd make sure that they have you know they've had their morning bottle and then you leave a big enough gap between giving them breakfast um so that they are a little bit hungry but also not over hungry and I know that's really hard but you know an hour after or something is usually fine um but after that, and as they are, you know, more established on solids, I would always give milk after. Would you? I yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree yeah. with you. I think that's really good advice. But you're going through it, aren't you? And you've just been through it. And I, I basically yeah. can't remember what I did on Tuesday, let alone answer that question. <laughs> so I'm being completely honest. <laughs> no, it is. And the thing is as well, that when you're in it, um, there's so many more things that go through your mind. But actually, like hopefully listening to this, I, you know, Gigi's a year old and I can't not I can't remember that phase, but it pretty quickly, you do come it? through it so quickly. Yeah. yeah, you come through it so quickly and now she's sort of just eating what Axel does and it's it's a lot easier. Um hello to Catherine. Zoe, because of Kit's eczema, were you cautious of introducing allergens? Paranoid over here. Catherine, no, don't feel paranoid. I was exactly the same. And actually, um Kit is allergic to eggs and I had to find out the hard way. And obviously he had quite a severe dairy um allergy when he was a baby as well. And obviously the hives and the rashes and swollen lips and all that kind of stuff quite scary um so I went to the I went to my GP I told them that I wanted to go and get some uh, the prick test done so at the hospital so they, they referred me to the Surrey general um I don't know what it's called actually the Surrey hospital uh, and we went down there and he had all of his allergy tests done which was brilliant and they just did these pricks on his arm so kind of on his forearm and then we just waited outside for about half an hour to see which ones came up but until I had that like result in my in my hand I knew at that point he wasn't allergic to nuts so I could start introducing peanut butter but that was when he was about 13 months old that happened Um, and to be honest with you before that I didn't give him any of the of the kind of true allergens you know because I just he'd obviously had that massive egg flare up and I was like at that point I freaked out a bit yeah no I remember that. we've actually got another another appointment at the hospital tomorrow on Saturday oh, yeah because he's got his follow-up to I think it's obviously two years where are we 18 months since his last one so I'll find out if he's still allergic to eggs and dairy after Saturday oh yeah he's grown out of it, that would be amazing wouldn't wouldn't it? It? amazing for yeah. him take him straight for an ice cream <laughs> <laughs> um this isn't a question this just made me laugh not a cue but I hate I hate weaning, the cooking, cleaning, <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> oh, oh, God. During lockdown, that was literally the bane of my life. Seriously. But it really was. It seriously, seriously was. When we had um, Rufus, my dog, come to stay with us, it was amazing. It was a game changer because I didn't have to clean up all the food off the floor. Oh, after. yes. That's, that, that's what, if you don't like cleaning, get a dog. And just get, put them under get a the, dog. Uh, the high chairs. Um, this yeah. one for you from Ziggy and Dot. We love Ziggy and Dot. They do some great bits. You need to check them out. Um, how is best to transition from formula to cow's milk at one year? Because haven't you just done this? Ah, oh, yeah. So I did just do this. And this was a lot harder the second time round than it was the first. Axel, I don't think he even noticed. I just 
got cow's milk out and he drank it and I just assumed that that's the way it was mm. but it wasn't um Gigi was seriously fussy um she was fussy with formula to begin with so obviously she was going to be fussy again um and I I tried cow's milk I tried um a few other you know like the toddler milk oh yes so there was one from Kendall Mill I tried that um I tried I think an Aptimil one, a hip organic one, and she literally would not drink oh, them. Such she a would just go in <laughs> like this. Um, I tried <laughs> heating it up. I mean, everything. And it was really annoying me because I, I was running out of formula. And you yeah. know, you're like, I'm not buying anymore. Yeah. That's it. When this is gone, it's gone. Um, and we'd been using the Tommy Tippy machine. Yeah. And I sort of noticed with the Tommy Tippy machine, the milk is kind of a bit frothy when when you've when you've just used it just the way that the water comes out and I've got a coffee machine with a steamer on the side oh yes and I was just steaming my milk one day and I thought oh maybe I'll try this because the milk's a bit thicker and so I did it with cow's milk like whole cow's milk and she drank it and that's where we're at now oh wow that's amazing (laughs) yeah I think with the transition you just got to um sort of persevere um just introduce it each night I didn't do the thing of watering it down I don't know if you did that Zoe but some people give half formula and half cow's milk and I I just I did I didn't do that I just tried all the different milks in different ways until I found a way that she'd take it yeah it's just Um, trial and error isn't it um yeah yeah. it is yeah you just got to do what works um, I think we should just finish up on how do you manage anxiety about weaning? Um, that's from the yeah. Nourish Glow. Um, firstly, both of us hear you, probably me more than Georgia, because I had major anxiety around weaning. Um, we've actually done a couple of podcasts on it. We've done Weaning with Lizzie King, who's an absolute master. Yeah. And we've also done uh, a special with Chris and Rose from Expect the Best, talking all about that Um So I think the thing is, is that they pick up on your anxiety. So if you can fill yourself with confidence, you know, do your sort of research on it, get a little plan together and just rock it and go for it. Because if I know now or knew then what I know now, I'd be so much more relaxed about it. And I think I probably would have done it a little bit better. At least, you know, my kids are healthy and they eat bits and pieces, but I just wish that I had maybe cooked a bit more or just kind of introduced a few new flavors and and various different foods like Georgia's done. So I think just with your anxiety, if you can just be like, they're not going to only eat three different food types for the rest of their life. It is going to be okay. And it's just a phase. Absolutely. I think there's so much contrasting information yeah. out there. It can be such a minefield. And I've had, you know, I've got friends who've been really anxious about it. Um, and I think it is just, you know, buying some books, reading them well before the weaning starts, you yeah. know, like months and months before. So there is no, you know, pressure and no sort of time, time limit on it where you think you've just got to start now. Yeah. And just read up, chat to people um, and just try, just try all the different things don't listen to too too much advice from friends I think sometimes that does that can really confuse you because people do do it all different ways I think it's one of those things that you've just got to find your flow with yourself yeah and also I think I think that you have to put something down either 10 or 11 times in front of a child so the same so like broccoli 10 or 11 times and if they say no nine times they could absolutely say yes on the 10th and like it going forward so I think sometimes it's like that's how long the process is 
And even if they touch it, it's a win. Yes. Even if they don't put it in their mouth and they touch it, then that's a win because yeah. that's a new, you know, that's a new sensation for them. Yeah. So yeah, don't, yeah, just don't get caught up on how much they're actually eating in the beginning. Yes, agreed. All right. Um, listen, I'm going to rush home to the babies. I love you very much, Gigi. Aww. And you, I love Georgia. You. And um, <laughs> Gigi's asleep. She can't All hear right, you. fine. I'll tell her tomorrow. <laughs> And yet we'll be back next week. Yeah, we will. As always, we'd love you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, And if you could leave us a little review, um, that would be so helpful because that kind of um, helps us spread the word. It does. And please keep your messages coming um, and your suggestions for these Friday episodes. So just DM us at Made by Mamas or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we'll be back next week. We've got something really exciting up our sleeves for you. Yeah, can't wait. We'll see you then. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.